Questions, questions, questions. Answers, answers, answers. But first, information. We are planning to run a cosplay competition on TikTok during the month of January, which will be this podcast's two-year anniversary. Post a neighbourly cosplay to TikTok with the hashtags neighbourlypod and neighbourlycosplaycontest to be in with a chance to win. Don't forget the you in neighbourly. The creators will narrow it down to our favourites and duet those in our TikTok at neighbourlypod. The duet that gets the most likes in the final wins a lovely merch bundle that includes two notepads, two sticker sets, two zines with matching sticker sets, a set of four badges, one house pin, one magnetic bookmark, one keyring, and a set of three washi tapes. As well as clout. There's always clout. Thank you, as always, for listening. And without further ado, the long-awaited answers. Hey everyone, welcome listeners and everyone who might be listening to the season two Q and A. Uh, I'm joined as before by the wonderful Andrew Mercator. Hello. Who has some answers to some questions and is also like my emotional support person. Um, I'm Hamlet, but less clown. <laughs> we have been having a rough week, so yeah, lucky for, for sure. us. <laughs> <laughs> lucky for us, um, this is going to be a kind of a, a short one, yes. I reckon, um, because we have a little bit less, a little bit fewer questions than we had for season yes. one, which is it works out nice. Yes. So let's just get right into it. Let's fucking go. Um, oh yeah, before I do that, actually, um, because we have fewer questions. Um, I am expecting to be able to edit in to certain questions, answers from some of the writing crew who aren't here with us. And we'll see how that all works out because everybody is busy, but we will get it sorted one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Now, let's actually just get right to it. So our first two questions come from N slash A, which means not applicable. And they are, how much blood do you have? And how much blood would you like to have? You want to go first? Well, see, how much blood do I have? Uh, see, guys, I I really like to say the normal amount, but I feel like you know, normal is so it's such a loaded word, especially like with all this like blood normative messaging that comes from society. And I just I really want to make sure that we take a stand against that. So I would say that I have like. Uh, I don't know, maybe a lower than average level of blood. And how much blood do you want? I mean, uh, like I say, I mean, I'd like to push back against all of this, like, you know, blood negative, um, <laughs> not to make a joke about people who have negative blood, but, <laughs> but all of this, like, blood shaming that's going on in society today. And I would just like to say that I am currently happy with the level of blood that I have in my body. And I'm, I'm proud of my blood. I think it does its job mostly well. I am asthmatic, so the oxygen doesn't always get where it needs to go. But that's more of a problem with my lungs than my blood, and I'm not going to blame my blood for that. Uh, how about yourself, Andrew? I think I have at least a pint, um, but it is, it's been in the freezer. Sashed away somewhere. Yeah, it's, been, it's been in the freezer <laughs> for a while, so... Um, Same fucking brain. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I have at least a pint of it, probably. Um, how much mm. would I like to have? All of it. All of it? All of it. All of the blood. All right, so that'll be our um, season three pledge drive, is to get Andrew all of the blood. All of the blood, please. Now, our next question comes from Cardamom, and it's, I love you, 
Well, cardamom, I love you too. <laughs> I love being loved. I like the question mark and because it is a question. I love you, mm. question mark. Now that we've gotten those out of the way, let's just get right into it with our behind-the-scenes um, questions. Yes. Uh, from Cryptid, what was your favorite part about the creation of Season 2? Was there any moment that is especially memorable? Andrew? Uh, I just like writing. <laughs> In terms of uh, <clears throat> moments that are especially memorable, probably um, uh, reading over other people's episodes and... Mm. Um, What's it called? My brain is completely gone. I'm sorry, I've had COVID this week. I've got the COVID brains. Um, what's it called? Editing. There you go. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I like editing. Absolutely. Because I get to read other people's episodes and also put in things and interact. These are all words. They mean things. They are. They're not quite what I mean, but they are words, so I'll leave it at that. I get I get what you mean. Um, I definitely think that having extra motivation to read the other episodes before um they go out is is a good thing yeah because because otherwise you're the only one who to, has to read everything yeah <laughs> so um speaking of editing though i think my favorite part about the creation of season two was getting our our lovely dialogue editors yes um kit robson and zoe davis They're very cool um zoe who we um pinched from tranthologies and Kit, who sent us an email and was like, I heard you complaining about this in the Q&A, <laughs> and I can help. Um, which is saintly. Yes. Um, and really, really helped. Um, because it meant that I, I didn't have to worry about all that, uh, which made my life a whole lot easier, which I'm really grateful for, mm -hmm. considering the everything. Yes, the everything. But yes. Hi, my name is Zoe Davis, and I am one of the two dialogue editors for um, Neighborly Season 2. Um, I joined the project at the very tail end. I literally edited, I think, two or three episodes for the season. Um, but joining this project has just been absolutely fantastic. I got to learn all the secrets. My brain is huge with knowledge and I'm bursting at the seams to not say any of them. Um, my favorite part of the project was probably when uh, Maddie texted me uh, to say that I got the editor position and I audibly screamed like a little schoolgirl in my house because I was so excited. Um, but this project is so special. Uh, it's so well run. Like, I was so impressed. It is a finely tuned machine. Um, but yeah, everybody is so talented. And I was, and still am, completely starstruck by everybody in the crew. And it's still a little bit surreal that I'm working on it. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling now. Hello, I'm Yama G. Wahaya Hassan. I'm the indigenous writer of Neighborly, but you might know me as the, um, the crow guy. Today I will be answering a couple of the questions for the Q&A. What was your favorite part about the creation of season two? Was there any moment that is especially memorable? Um, yes. So fun fact about 35 and 34. Um, <laughs> Betty, I'm so sorry, man. Alright, so during the writing periods of those two episodes, um, had Maddie recorded them as what they are, would have been essentially two hours long, and nobody's about to listen to two hour longs worth of my episodes out of all writers, so um, 
we had to take some serious time to get those cut down. And even with how they were cut down, they were still pretty long to record for Maddie, which was an absolute nightmare. Because at one point, the recording 35 got destroyed. I'm talking... And he had to redo it. And um, if you've listened to my stuff for season two, I'm pretty wordy. A lot of words. Perhaps too much words that only the mind of a sorcerer can understand. But um, <laughs> that was a memory I hold very deep in my heart because other than Maddie also helped me cutting down and having to fight for his life to record my stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they wanted just to kill me at one point because like, why would you write so much stuff? You know other people have to work on this, Jerry. But uh, another um, fave memory that I really have is meeting Zoe, one of our editors. Because <laughs> you have no idea the chaos Matty has created between me and Zoe. We are just disasters on the Neighborly Podcast. And we're going to get so much worse. Howdy. It's Emily. My favorite thing about the creation of season two not to be sappy or anything, has been all of the fan interaction. It is it is incredibly exciting to see people who are enjoying these stories that we're creating and this podcast that was created out of Maddie's spur-of-the-moment idea and then a collective of friends working together to create this shared world. And the fact that you all are interested in that and are excited about it is something that makes it exciting to continue doing this work and doing these things that we already love to do. So I'd like to to thank you all for, for your support and for your enthusiasm, because those things, those things are, they're thrilling and they're humbling. Alex again. One of my favorite parts about the season two process was actually the music. I feel like I got sort of an idea of my artistic vision and what I wanted to accomplish. Um, And I also got to play a lot around with lay motifs and different versions of musics and characters and different moods relating to those characters and their interactions, Um, like the Dorothy music and some of the Agatha musics um, and the clown music in episode 24. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think, yeah, I think that I just want to keep continuing that. And um, yeah, especially in season three, as stuff gets more neighborly. I mean, things were already neighborly in the previous seasons, but like, you know, as the, as the street progresses, um, physically and spatially you will all hear some new music that i've been cooking up in my little music lab one of my favorite parts about the creation of season two uh was probably just like the ideas generation i think that's that's probably my favorite part of any season um is when everybody's just kind of in the general chats and the ideas chats and just like bouncing ideas um and just kind of like 
spilling everything into chat and seeing what people say about it. Um, there's some really fun lore bits that come out of it um, that wouldn't have existed originally if we didn't, you know, have such a fun time just coming up with silly ideas. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely always my favorite part is when everybody's just kind of got the creative juices flowing and is just kind of putting out anything and everything and seeing what sticks. So next from Faye. Hi. First of all, I absolutely love this podcast. Pretty basic questions, but what were y'all favorite episodes to write and record? Also, any myths or stories that influenced the stories? And do you feel an improvement from the first season? I hope you have a great day. Well, I hope you have a great day too, Faye, and thank you so much for your question. And thank you so much for the love. Um, what was my favorite episode to write slash record? My favorite episodes to write were probably um, 29 and 39. But that's because... Um, yeah, I can see them. I I like them. I like their parallels. And I I like writing um, scary kids. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. You're very good at it. You understand kids. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite episode to record was 40, because um, Jess came over and we had a blast. Um, it was really fun and really funny. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, we did a couple run-throughs of episode 40 and also of the bonus episode that came out after. And we actually recorded that bonus episode with um aaron and agatha reviewing nosferatu mm. we recorded that before we recorded episode 40 because that's the chronology and i wanted just to be like in the headspace of um to understand like pre-turn agatha yeah. before um embodying this incredibly jaded person yeah. and also she had to scream like a real bunch at the end yeah. um <laughs> and i didn't want to ruin her voice for the sort of chipper youthful um one so that was really fun um any myths or stories that influence the stories uh on my end um i don't know i mean i'm sure there is um and i'm sure i'm going to be listening to this in like six months and be like why didn't you say this <laughs> but uh my head's just my head is messed up <laughs> what story influenced the the bedsheet ghost oh yeah it wasn't a story it was um it was a image on pinterest oh, yeah, i like yeah. saw this like cute series of images on pinterest of like these two little kids who are dressed up as bedsheet ghosts and like did poses in different places in nature um and i think that was cool yeah. and also like did did i feel an improvement from the first season absolutely yes yes definitely yes. um i think that my vocal quality has improved now i've not i don't think that i am consistently as expressive as i'd like to be as the narrator um but i i feel a lot more confident doing it um and i also feel you know that a lot of the times i really didn't want to record but i still got up and did it on those days anyway yeah. because i knew that we had a whole group of people who were like waiting on um, your voice. Us to get back into People it. People want to hear yeah. your voice. It's good voice. Um, so that was a, a skill that I had to develop, yes. um, which I think is is serving me well yeah. um, as I go through the current academic rigor I'm being subjected to at the moment. Yay! 
Education. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, and yourself, Andrew. Um, my favourite episode to write was probably 33. It was really nice, a little bit getting to explore Ezra a bit more um, and put a little bit more backstory into what I had in my brain for him and have it in an episode. Um for recording, well, I I quite enjoyed thirty nine. I I will admit, um, <laughs> the end of thirty nine was quite fun to record. Um, we did it hmm. so long ago though. Um, yeah. And then I just completely forgot for ages, and then and then it was like, oh wait, that's this season. So that was fun. <laughs> um, <clears throat> myths or stories that influenced um, the faceless. Uh, episode thirty three is based off Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Um, mm. and when I was writing the episode, I did like a little thing at the bottom, which was like, this is w- the stages of the episode. This is what's going to happen. And then at the end, it was like, make sure they know you've listened to the song too many times. Um, so <clears throat> there's, yeah, there's the faceless, which keeps jars in, uh, faces in jars. Uh, and there's the, um, Ezra's last name is Mackenzie, um, which is also in the song, um, because there's Father Mackenzie, and then there's um, the bit where it's he wipes the dirt from his hand when he walks from the grave. That is it, like a direct lyric. Um, mm. There's also a cabin pressure reference in that episode, um, because I am nothing if not a nerd. Um, <clears throat> and then for twenty two, um, the creature in the house that lures you in with its music is based off the necker or the knock or the knockin um if you've watched frozen 2 you will recognize the them as a water horse um but it was mm. my favorite piece of scandinavian folklore when i was in high school um mm. and i discovered them through a dress-up game on doll divine <laughs> <laughs> and just got obsessed and played with this game for so long and it had like a little mm. information thing and then I went on Wikipedia and I was reading stuff like mm. um and I just came obsessed with them and I was like I want to write them. Um there is a drawing I can't remember who it's by. One second, I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> uh there you go. Theodore Kittleson, 1904. There is a drawing that he did of the knockin, and that is um, what the end image that um, brings Alice down to the water um, is. It is Alice? Yeah. Um, that's kind of the image she's seeing. Um, I've definitely shared it in the Discord before because I just think it's very cool. And I want to draw the knockin myself, but I'm, I'm not going to get better than that. Um, but I will at some point draw something. Um, so that is where Hmm. the stories come from for that one. Hey, it's Emily. I pack my episodes with references to different mythologies and different stories. I talked about this a bit in my Behind the Houses, where I really broke down for episode 15 and 14, the different references I'd put in there. Um, and there are far too many to name in my episodes throughout this season. But I will say that for those of you who aren't aware, episode 15 and Alcyone themselves are loosely based around Ovid's Metamorphoses and Alcyone 
specifically has now had Sayix introduced to their story in House 32. I'll also say that Upon Further Reflection was born out of the fact that both A.L. Wethington and I wanted to write an episode based around the myth of Narcissus and Echo um, and decided to just collaborate through that. And I had a lot of fun working on that. I do feel much improved from season one and have found that my favorite episodes to write this season were the two incredible collaborations that I got to do with my lovely friends, because I believe that storytelling is inherently collaborative, whether you're working individually or not, because we are all tied together in this grand human experience. And so there's nothing that makes me happier than getting to work with my friends. And really, that's what's so beautiful about Neighborly, not to get sappy or anything. Um, my favorite episode to write was 34, because I think the topic of grief and, um, what one could call suspended in time is a very kind of, like, a loose troop. Not everybody really touches on it, and when we do touch on grief, it tends to be how we can move on and not the bad parts of grief. Because in my opinion, I do think that Mr. Crow going back to bother what is essentially his dead husband's spirit instead of immediately smashing the clock, only deciding to do it afterwards, after a mere moment of spending time with him, and then getting the question he's wanted the most, would you ever be angry at me because I couldn't save you? I think I think it's just very important to acknowledge that. And, um, in terms of myths slash stories, yes, um, a lot of fairy books and fairy folklore have inspired me heavily so especially the um ireland fairy folklore now this is an irish podcast and i irish i ain't nothing close to it because um i'm one of them little mixed native american latinos i got that sweet cherokee and apache and mexican in me so that was such a terrible way to say hi i'm mixed um fun fact if you didn't know i am cherokee and I live with my Cherokee family in the South. And that's where Magpie and Mr. Crow's race comes from. Um, Buenos dias, me! So, definitely my own self-experience has definitely influenced Mr. Crow and Magpie's storyline pretty, pretty heavily. And a lot of personal experience with grief and nativeness. And what one could say, I guess, further seasons, you'll definitely see that. Now, in terms of um, travel matters, um, the Cherokee language and whatnot um, will not be in the podcast. I need to be upfront about that because I love being native so, so much. And I love having native characters. But things that involve my tribe, like like stories and whatnot, not, not happening. You're not, you're not going to see that for me. You can see Mr. Crow being the sexy little weirdo magician that he is. And um, I did feel an improvement from the first season, I think maybe the third season would be a lot better in terms of my work. I don't think season two was the best. Maybe it was. I don't know. This is just a me opinion. But um. <laughs> Hi, this is JR Steele. Um, my favorite episode. I only wrote one episode, um, so of course that was my favorite. Uh, but definitely a story that influenced. 38 was um, Romeo and Juliet. I kind of hate that play. <laughs> Not because it's like 
badly written, but it's just, it's so, like, so many things go wrong and it's just, it's just a comedy of a tragedy. Um, and I think it can be improved upon in so many ways. I just haven't figured out a way to do it yet because the bard is quite good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely Romeo and Juliet. Um, I'm trying to think what else. We definitely had like Fleet Foxes and like uh, indie folk bands playing uh, in our heads while we were writing, especially Caden, because um, Caden's quite a an indie folk type person. <laughs> Alex here. I actually really liked 25 and 28 for different reasons. Um, 25 mainly because it was a continuation of something that I had already written, um, the Aaron CJ storyline. Um, and I wanted to explore CJ, you know, the character that I mentioned in 13 and 1 9th, but didn't actually get introduced until 25. So I thought that was fun sort of tying that in to what I'd previously written. Um, and 28, because it was something new and sort of self-contained, um, even though it did have some recurring characters, um, such as Walter. Um, as far as myths and stories, I mean, previous neighborly writing, if that counts, um, there might be some myths or some other things in future episodes that I write. I won't go into that much detail, but uh, keep an eye out for those. Um, I also did feel an improvement from the first season. I feel like as I've gotten more comfortable with writing, especially writing horror, I feel like I, I don't know, I still really like 13, but um, I think I did even better this time. It's um, actually funny because I've been told that 13 was scary. Uh, thanks, Maddie. Um, I didn't find 13 to be that scary, except, you know, the part where I was sort of playing on my own fear. But um, for 28, I was like, okay, I'm going to write something really scary. And then I did. And hopefully you all found it scary because this is a horror podcast. Uh, and so I hope I was able to get that sort of effect. Yeah. Um, so our next question is from Dara DM, and it is very similar to a lot of the questions that we received in season one, in a way, because it is, is season three going to be similar to one and two again, or is everything going to change completely? Um, and by similar to one and two, I assume you mean our framing device. And as I've said in the season one Q&A, mm -hmm. that is the challenge that we have set for ourselves. And... We are not going to back down from it. Um, so, yeah, it will still be in a house-by-house house format. If yeah. we broke from that, <laughs> that would be wild. I want you to just imagine that for a second. Like, imagine if we started following these people's individual stories. Would you still even listen? You'd be like, this is so, so different from the podcast that I've been listening to. Like, I recognize that it can be kind of hard to keep track of everything, I've been contemplating putting together a bit of a recap um, clip show in order to sort of get people up to date, up to yeah. speed on what has happened in the story so far. Like an abridged. Yeah. Um, but even as I think about doing that, it's very difficult because I th think to myself, like, there's so much interwoven storylines in these different houses 
that like what order would I do it in? Would I do it storyline by storyline? Um, and also I feel like what I include and what I exclude will give you big hints about the future of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the easiest way to catch up is probably to miss him, but also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I recommend doing a, a good binge listen. Um, yeah, just do what Matty does and listen to it on times two speed. You're all good. Uh, I actually listen to podcasts on times three speed. Oh my god. <laughs> I listen. See, I listen to Monstrous Agonies on times two because then it's like at a normal speed <laughs> for my brain to process. I'm telling so hero on you. <laughs> chill. I love it so much, but it's like, hello, welcome. <laughs> to the night film network and i love it but also i'm like i'm already tired that's how no, i feel about every single podcast <laughs> ever they just need to go faster all of it trickles by in yeah. my brain i can't process any of it i can't get my it's like the gears on a bike i can't get the spokes of my brain to like latch onto something unless yeah. it's going a certain speed speedy speedy um but yeah so our next question was was there a sentence or phrase you really liked but had to cut from your episode? If so, does it still exist anywhere? I decline answering this question because I can't remember off the top of my head, but also if it were the case, I would try and use that somewhere else. Um, yes. But Andrew, you have an answer, don't you? Yes, um, the entirety of episode 22 started off with a sort of, um, it was the narrator describing a day that you had had. Uh, you as the listener, not you as Matty, um, <laughs> uh, that included um, hearing music that um, just wouldn't stop playing. And then, um, yeah, it's the end paragraph is, one barefoot hits the pavement outside and suddenly you stop. The knowledge that the neighbours are not to blame for the music hits and the anger sizzles out. Shoulders slump. You start walking. And then it got into the episode. Um, and, and instead I went for the whole, um, sort of like piecing it together kind of thing, which I actually quite like. I think it, it worked out better than it would have. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. Hey there, it's Emily. I actually, I can't think off the top of my head of any lines that I had to cut because usually if I really like something, I will fight to keep it in there. Um, I do have, however, something that I was supposed to cut but didn't and now have to deal with the repercussions of, I put a throwaway line in episode 32 about a parent and a child who each wore two braids um, and have been walking around Little Street, um, and I'd really like to find something to do with them, and I'm very excited to do so. Hi, this is J.R. Steele. Um... I didn't really have any memorable, like, sentences or phrases uh, for my episode. However, um, there was a couple of pranks that didn't make it in. Um, there's one where Wesley tapes an air horn to the wall inside the door and then invites Caden in so that Caden will open the door and, like, make the air horn go off. <laughs> and Caden has, like... A moment where he does like this pretend heart attack and um falls over and Wesley's like, oh no, and then Caden's like, haha, fooled you. <laughs> um and then there's like one that's like a vase full of flowers, uh and then like, you know, 
Wesley says, um, oh, I'm, like, in love with you. <laughs> and then Caden's like, really? And then Wesley, like, dumps the vase over his head. <laughs> and then Caden's like, wait, but, like, are you actually? <laughs> um, so those are some funny moments that they do exist in my, my Google Drive uh, outlines. Um, and they're quite funny, so... <laughs> I'm Alex, and yes, actually, there are a lot of sentences I really liked but had to cut, um, and I actually do keep a document with some of the ones that I like, one of which is the initial opening for House 25, saying, there's a principle in quantum physics stating that the act of observing a particle changes its very nature. One cannot measure both the location and the speed of the particle, because once you look at it, it's already moved, shifted. Such is the nature of particles, and such is the nature of House 25. Ugh. Uh, so yeah, that was my initial House 25 opening. Um, I changed it, um, reworked it, but I liked it, and I don't know, I may incorporate it somewhere else, um, such as in this Q&A. <laughs> um, on a more silly note, some of the sentences, um, I've already talked a bit about my... Um, apparently terrifying writing process, uh, which is where I sort of just write whatever comes to mind. And this next one is one from that. But he could tell something was up. He saw it in the trees, quaking and shaking like a tree. He saw it in the birds' eyes as they flittered and fluttered like birds. This is very silly. <laughs> uh, and that's from House 28. And... Uh, another from House 28 that I liked very much. I didn't put it in the episode, but it's fun. A family can be a sinister, uncontrollable labyrinth of mycorrhizal cordyceps roots and all the animals it has killed and eaten. What fun. That is a beautiful question. Absolutely just friggin' delicious. Um, yeah, there's like a million phrases from 35 and 34. I had to take out, due to the fact that they spoiled some more bits from... What we could essentially call the crow mini story plotline. Those have to be in other seasons because that's where they belong in. Now, had I kept them in these episodes, that wouldn't have made no sense. That oh, I almost said a swear word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I believe that is all for me currently. So, take your time, if you will. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for asking questions. You will most likely see me back on one of these Q&As again. Just due to the fact that you guys ask the same stuff over and over, and Maddie can only voice his opinions so many times. So, um, ah! bye. So, we have next three questions to do with, like, plot content of season three stuff-ish. <laughs> When I was putting these in order, I just kind of vaguely slopped them around. So yeah. if they don't fit the categories as well as you would like, Andrew, or the listener, then you know what you can do with your complaints. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so from Grace, did you always know that the narrator would be the one to kill Agatha? Or was that slightly more spur of the moment? Hi, Grace. Hi, Grace. Did I always know that the narrator would be the one to kill Agatha? Well, I always knew that Agatha 
would be the one to, for want of a better term, reveal the narrator. And I knew that there was, because of certain things that I know about the narrator, (laughs) there is no way that that interaction could have gone a different way. Like, yeah, I can't say much more than that without revealing way too much. But uh, in essence, I I kind of put it together that way. I knew that Agatha would find the narrator, and I knew that the narrator, I knew that the narrator would respond to it in the way that he did. Mm. Um, the next one is from Zoe Davis, and it is why a brick. And I actually have a very specific answer <laughs> to this question, which is a little dorky, um, and it's parallels. Uh, I know you probably are are asking this question in the sense of, like, why was there just a brick laying around? Because he's in a house. Yeah. I have have an answer for that as well. A kind of a lazy one. But but I won't share that yet because it it reveals things. Um, But the reason why the narrator used a brick to kill Agatha is because it parallels house number 30, in which Agatha used a um i think it was a steel orb that was a centerpiece in kira's uh dinner table Mm -hmm. to beat a guy to death in a similar way to how she was killed in 40 and to me this sort of indicates a sort of um parallel a sort of a you know relationship between the brick, which represents, like, the foundations of the problem, I guess, Mm. and the orb, which represents, like, the art, the finishing touches, the decor, the thing that you bring in last and take out first, if you get me. Yeah. The garnish rather than the, um, you know, plate. Yeah. So that's why a brick. And I know that's a, you know, a very high flute answer, but that's my answer. I like it. And then our next question, lovely question, comes from totally not an Irish person. And it says, Matty, you said previously that you'll spoil things, but only in Irish. May we please have a snippet that I definitely won't understand? Well, a each door, a chance more who? Cabin Gwil to a Plykyok, the Maguthu, McJane of Plum Oslum. Cabin Gurgelgorhu, Agasatu Agiri, Runa Alasamana. Runagin Modulus says you are a tree. Well, Sholid to, on Kashinish Jock, Agasta Fragger Urm Ditch. Talk Yadagot, Runa Al. Shot eh? Beyond Scaly, Aun. Well, Sast Earth. <laughs> Wonderful. I understood none of that. <laughs> it'll be in the transcripts and i assume some google translating will go on but um yes. when you do figure out what i've just said um <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so the next section um is actually a group of questions that i was sent in regarding the narrator specifically and i think this might be yeah i don't know if it's our yeah this is the longest section it's chunky y'all had a lot of questions yeah. So instead of answering them myself, I figured I may as well like send them to him and get him to answer himself, right? So um mm-hmm. I actually have here like some of his answers that I got back. Um so here they are. Iris 
asked, what is the narrator's favorite mythological creature and why? And the narrator responded, <laughs> that's a personal question. Uh, okay. Grace asks, would the narrator like or detest or she yet? And the narrator replied, that's a personal question. Nick asked if the narrator could remake their favorite movie with a full Muppet cast, but keep one human actor, regardless of status of existence. What movie is it? And who is a lone human? That's a great question. Oh my god, I love I that like, question. I love this whole question. Mm, yeah, I wonder what the answer that the narrator gave was. <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal question. Okay. Um, Mystic Moss, what is the narrator's favorite food slash pastry? If he does eat human food, that is. Getting a bit vaguer. Um, and he said, like, I mean... This feels like kind of a slam dunk, right? You know, like yeah. I, it's an easy one to answer, I reckon. Exactly. Um, and he said, that's a personal question. Laudna says, is the narrator human? Are we allowed to know that? Also, what are the narrator's pronouns? I'm asking for science purposes. Now, those are all very reasonable questions, very appropriate questions, especially like, you know, as as you're sort of starting to talk about the narrator in fandom spaces, and you you want to know what what pronouns to use, right? So like that makes mm-hmm. sense that you'd ask that question. Um, his reply was, "That's a personal question." Yeah, um, sounds about right. <laughs> and from definitely not Reese Geisman, the question: Does the narrator like men? And then, um, oh my god, this isn't <laughs> quite legible, but uh. It says, that is a personal question. Um, So, uh, uh, that was very unsatisfying, uh, and that guy sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should ask more personal questions at the narrator and just send him a whole bunch. Oh, yeah, Um, absolutely. Like, if you are listening to this Q&A right now, I want you to just bombard the, like socials with real personal questions tumblr is actually probably best for this because of like it has a specific question feature oh and by the way like the narrator is like on our socials he he just kind of hangs out there so like if you want to get a question to him that is one way to do it uh so hit us up our tumblr is neighborly pod and we are probably best served to um, answer questions that way, especially because Twitter is a little bit like a hellfire. Right yeah, now. Twitter's having it's yeah. sure as a time. So we have like I think over a thousand followers on Twitter and um, only about six hundred sixty followers on Tumblr ish. So um, if y'all want to migrate, do you think the narrator took to Twitter with a brick? <laughs> is that a too personal people, question? Yeah, <laughs> interacting too personally with the public, probably. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty much all the questions that we had, and um, I hope that you enjoyed having them mostly answered, uh, listener, and I hope that you continue to interact with us over this hiatus. It might be a pretty long hiatus, I apologize for that. Um, but Real it's, life stuff has to happen. Yeah, circumstances completely beyond our control are making it kind of sluggish to do production stuff. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean... I'm sure you don't begrudge us that. And if you do, you can jump in the Discord and just tell us, <laughs> hurry up, keep doing things, and, you know, and then we'll know. Yeah, and, and and then hopefully that'll make people write stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just gotta say again, I, I don't know if I said this during the last season one Q&A, but, like, everybody who listens to Neighborly, you're incredible, and you fully changed my life. 
And I don't know what my life would look like if I didn't have y'all in it, but it probably wouldn't look as good as it looks right now. So I hope that comes across, um, even though I'm a little sleepy. Sleepy. But, you know, I hope that you continue to engage with us and continue to um, stick around and, and build this community that we're making together, that, that you are making, um, because you're all real incredible. And thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for being funky and cool and inspiring us to continue this insane thing that we decided on in a one <laughs> quick conversation in the writer's discord <laughs> of, of Stella Firma. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was insane. Just, hey, what if we made a series, but it's houses? And we just write about <laughs> houses. And now here we are. Yeah. We're two... Um, two seasons in, 40 episodes. Two seasons in, two Audioverse Awards. Um, I don't know it. I'm, I'm behind on everything. But either way, yeah. many things have happened. And it's because people like what we do, apparently. So that's funky. Absolutely. Funky fresh. So um, as we end... All of our of, of the neighborly episodes. Would you like to join in on me with this, Andrew? Yes. Okay. <laughs> My brain's gone. What do we say? No, we know what we say. Do we? Yes. All right. <laughs> you ready? Thanks <sighs> for listening. Come, Come back, back soon. soon. <laughs>